the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus is our power in weakness. Jesus is our strength in trial. Jesus is our light in darkness. Jesus is our victory in temptation. Jesus is our hope in despair. Jesus is our wisdom in confusion. And Jesus is our healer in sickness. And Jesus is our mighty conqueror. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. If you would like us to pray for you, then keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Here now is our pastor teacher, Mark Finley, with today's Hope Lives 365. And a lady was walking down the trail, and she stepped on the charms. And immediately pain came into her feet. Immediately pain came into her legs, and immediately she became crippled. She searched for 10 years for deliverance, no deliverance. She went to more powerful witches that were more powerful than this witch, no deliverance. On one occasion, the witches took her to a cemetery, and they brought her into that cemetery, stripped her, and said, let the demons of power come into your body to deliver you. Nothing. She then said, I have to try Christianity. She went from church to church to church. No deliverance. She met Seventh-day Adventists. And they said to her, Pastor Finley is in the stadium, many kilometers from here. He's preaching the word of God. The power of God is coming down in that stadium. Here is a bus fare. Travel the many kilometers to that stadium. We believe God's going to heal you. This woman came to the stadium possessed with demonic forces, crippled up, pain in her legs for 10 years. We said, let's get her to the prayer tent. So we brought her to the prayer tent. We had prayer warriors going all day. We had 990 prayer warriors. They took shifts during the day. And if you go to that prayer tent, they are not mumbling prayers. My wife and I were in the prayer tent. We saw people possessed with demons in the prayer tent being delivered. They brought this lady to the prayer tent, began praying over and praying over and said, God, she is your child. God, we're lifting her up to you. God come down miraculously. The spirit came down and that woman was healed. She walked out of there with no pain. No pain whatsoever. Now some of the stories that I tell you are very difficult for the Western mind to understand. Very difficult. This next one was even difficult for me to understand. (laughs) Pastor Jeffrey Mabwana is one of the vice presidents of the General Conference. He's a Tanzanian. He was with us during the meetings and working with us. And Jeffrey came to us every night we met after the meeting and we shared miracles that were taking place, miracle after miracle after miracle. 
And one night, Pastor Mabwana came, and he said, there's a story that's the worst I've ever seen. He said, I've been brought up in Africa, but I've never seen this in my life. He said, I just met with a woman that was all cut up with machete. Some of the wounds were fresh on her arms, her stomach. He said, it was absolutely horrible. And he said, demonic forces have been cutting her. Now, I don't understand that. I don't have to understand it. All I'm telling you is the story. And he said, once this happened, she became a mute. She could not talk. She can't talk. And her mother said to her, you have to go to those meetings. The power of God is coming down. Jesus can heal you. They brought her to the meetings. The woman could not talk. The woman was all cut up. Brought her into the prayer tent. Prayed in the great controversy between good and evil that Jesus would heal her. Jesus came down. And that woman was delivered. And she could speak. And she couldn't speak. There was no way she could speak. In the battle between good and evil. When Satan works with all his power. God is more powerful. The power of God is greater than the power of the evil one. There's no power on earth or hell that Jesus has not already overcome. And if God can do that in Africa, he can do something in your life. When you feel under oppression, when you feel tempted, when you feel attacked, we serve a mighty Savior. Be strong in the power of the Lord and the strength of his might. Now there's a second lesson here. Take your Bible, please, and turn to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. Then we'll go back to Acts 19. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. See, this is what the Apostle Paul faced. We may not be facing things like this in America now that are so overt, but they will be coming in the future. Trusting in Jesus. Sensing his power. No superficial Christian experience is going to suffice for this time. God is leading us to something deeper. To know Him and to know His power. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We do not use carnal methods. We don't use political methods. We don't use pride. We don't use arrogance. We don't use power struggles in the church. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Our methods are mighty in God. We're on our knees praying. We're seeking God. Mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Whatever temptations you face, whatever attacks the devil throws at you, whatever challenges you're confronted with, whatever difficulties you experience... Face Satan in the name of Jesus. Because he's never, never, never lost a battle with Satan yet. He's the mighty conqueror pulling down the strongholds of hell. He triumphs over the powers of evil. He defeats the enemy in our behalf. There's power in prayer. There's power in the word of God. There's power in the gospel of Christ. And there's power in the truth about Jesus to defeat the devil anytime. Lesson number one in Acts 19. Unlimited power from beneath calls for unlimited power from above. Second lesson, Acts 19, back to the passage. Acts 19, verse 13 and onward. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists 
took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered them, said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them and overpowered them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This passage may be one of the most powerful passages in all the Bible that speaks to us. What are the lessons of the passage? Number one, if you have a superficial Christian experience, you cannot do battle with Satan. That's it. If your experience with Jesus is surface, if you don't pray very much, you don't study the Bible very much, you cannot do battle with Satan. He's going to beat you every time. But if you know Christ and his powers living in your life, you'll be victorious. So that's the first lesson you learn from that. Now notice this. It's very fascinating when you look at verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. So what was these people's backgrounds, everybody? Were they Gentile or Jew? What were they? They were Jew. Did the Jews keep the Sabbath? Were the Jews faithful in time? Now, were they not only Jews, but notice what it says further in the passage. It says, they called on the name of the Lord. So they were Jewish converts to Christianity. I don't want to miss this. They were Jewish converts to Christianity. But notice what it says. They were Jewish converts to Christianity who were exorcists. In other words... They wanted to blend, what's an exorcist? It's one who claims he can cast out demons, but he uses magical, mystical methods. So here, don't miss this. You've got Jewish Christian who are bringing into the Christian church Eastern mysticism. That's exactly what's happening here. So they bring Eastern mysticism into the church. They blend worldly methods. Anytime you try to blend worldly methods with what's happening in the church, you try to bring worldly music in, you bring Eastern mysticism in through some kind of forms of Eastern mystical prayer, if you go that direction, the devil is going to win every single time. Every time. Because the word of God is powerful. The gospel of Christ is pure, not to be tainted with worldly, earthly methods. But look again at the passage. Look what the scripture says. This sentence really fascinated me. Then some of the itinerant Jewish preachers took it upon themselves. They took it upon themselves. If in the family we take it upon ourselves to dominate. If in our work we take it upon ourselves. If in the church we take it upon ourselves. Oh, I pray God that we won't take it upon ourselves. We won't seek our will. We'll seek God's will. Because seeking God's will is the source of victory. Not taking things upon myself, sitting in some committee at the general conference, I say, you know what? This is the way we ought to do it. This is the way we ought to do it. Because I have authority, I can say we're going to do it that way. Let's strip aside all the authority in the family and say, look, we're not seeking for power here. We're seeking God's will. We're not seeking for power here in the church. We're seeking God's will. The mistake that these people made was they blended earthly, worldly methods with the gospel. And they were defeated by Satan. Lesson number one. Unusual power from above comes when there's unusual power from within. Lesson number two. 
when you try to blend the world's methods with the gospel, you will fail every single time. The gospel stands on its own two feet. It is powerful in Jesus. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com, or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. Lesson number three, verse 17 and 18. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks, dwelling in Ephesus, and the fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, verse 18. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. So here you have Jewish Christian exorcists who are trying to blend the false gospel with the true gospel, bringing the world into the church. And the Spirit of God comes down and they confess their sins. And as they confess, God does something amazing. Verse 19, also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value. And that value was 50,000 pieces of silver. 50,000 pieces of silver. Now it's really hard to calculate that, and I'll tell you why. Luke doesn't give us enough information. He doesn't tell us whether it's silver shekels. He doesn't tell us whether it's drachma. Now, I'm assuming it's drachma. If that assumption is right, this is 50,000 days' wages. One silver drachma was a day's wage. 50,000 days' wages. However you look at this passage, however you look at it, it's a lot of money. It's a real lot of money. And somebody was counting And you see where the text says they burned their books? The Greek there, the original is they kept burning them. They kept burning them. In other words, they kept bringing books on the fire, throwing them on, burn them up, burn them up, burn them up. What does this tell you? What does it tell you? What lesson in the burning of the books is there for you and me? Here's the point. They made a clean, sharp, abrupt break. One theologian puts it this way, too many of us hate our sins, but we cannot leave them. Too many of us hate our sins, but we cannot leave them. There are times in life that nothing but surgery will do. You have to face the fact that surgery is painful, but it may save your life. Sin cannot be trifled with. Sin cannot be played with. These Ephesians burn their bridges. They abandon the things that held them in bondage. They set sail in the power of Christ and they moved on. There are times that the Lord convicts you with something regarding tithe, regarding Sabbath keeping, regarding your health. Sometimes about pride of opinion. 
Sometimes about the desire to dominate. Sometimes about the lack of humility. God will convict you of something. And when he does, the only safe way when the Spirit convicts you is to burn those bridges behind you and burn the books symbolically like the Ephesians did. The Lord sometimes convicts you of a video that you're watching. Sometimes convicts you of a television program. There are times that a Christian comes to the point on their knees and gets on their knees and cries out before God and says, God, I've had pride of opinion. God, I've wanted to dominate. God, my health is out of control, Lord. I eat whatever I want, whatever I want. God, I can't control the TV. I can't control this. God, forgive me. And God, by your grace, I am not going to cut the tail off an inch at a time. God, all I want is to serve you. All I want is to please you. All I want is to know you. God, I'm making a decision for you today. I was quite impressed with a statement I read this week from the book called Sanctified Life, page 51. Let none deceive themselves with the belief that God will pardon and bless them while they're trampling upon one of his requirements. The willful commission of a known sin silences the witnessing voice of the Spirit of God and separates the soul from God. Listen to the wording carefully. The willful commission of a known sin. In other words, if there's something in my life that I know is not right, and the Holy Spirit keeps convicting me about that and convicting me about that, and I keep saying, no God, no God, I don't want to do that, no God, no God, what happens? On that point, there's silence in the soul. And one of the most devastating things for any Christian, so-called Christian, is to have silence in your soul. To no longer hear the voice of God speaking in your soul. Because what's God saying? He's saying, I told you to deal with that thing. Now deal with it. There comes a time in our life where we say, Jesus, like those Ephesians, they burn those books. And those books were worth something. Lord, whatever it is, you just tell me. And I'm making an abrupt break. Every night in Africa, pictures would be sent to us from all over Tanzania. I mean, all over the country. And one of my favorite times before I preached was to go down and review the pictures of baptism. They sent me a picture of a lady who had just been baptized, and her pastor has his arm around her. She's just baptized. And there's this big pile of ashes right next to her. And I'm looking at that pile of ashes. And so I said to my translator, what's that pile of ashes right there next to her? Oh, she was worshiping at the shrine of Satan. And that pile of ashes is all the stuff that she just burned up. Is there something you ought to get rid of? Is there something you ought to get rid of? Is it an attitude? Something you ought to get rid of. Something in the refrigerator you ought to get rid of. (laughs) You know, Pastor Mark is very specific. (laughs) Something you're watching you ought to get rid of. Some video you ought to get rid of. Some book you ought to get rid of. Is there anything that is strangling your spiritual experience? Anything strangling your spiritual experience? It is just not worth it. Three lessons. When the devil works, watch out. Because God's going to work more powerfully.
Lesson two. Never mingle worldly methods or attitudes with the work of God thinking you're going to advance it. It's not going to happen. The devil's going to defeat you. Number three. When the Lord convicts you of something, make that decision to make an abrupt change. Don't play around with it. Lesson number four. Acts chapter 19. Acts the 19th chapter. Verse 20. You love it. I love this one. Acts 19, verse 20. When we are anticipating God's power from above, when our hearts are humble before God, and all we long for is His power to be poured out through us, when we have no self-interest, when we're not blending worldly attitudes and methods with the work of Christ, when we are willing to say, God, whatever you want me to do in the name of Jesus, I want to do that. Then verse 20 follows. Read verse 20 of Acts 19 with me, please. Verse 20, Acts 19. So the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. The word of God grew what, everybody? The word of God grew mightily and prevailed. We saw the word of God grow mightily and prevail. We saw... Adventist lay people come forward and say, I'm giving my all. We stayed in beautiful apartments right on Lake Victoria. The man that owned them was a Seventh-day Adventist. A mining company offered him a lot of money to rent them. And he said, no, I'm putting the Adventist pastors there. We had 40 people in those apartments. He said, I'm giving my apartments for this month. One of the lay people owned a gas station. He said, the cars that are driving, I'll give you free gas for the month. And so we filled up our gas, 11 cars. One of the men who owned the sound system said, I won't charge the church because I'll bring the sound system into the stadium, thousands and thousands of dollars. We saw Adventist lay people step forward in a unified approach, and they said, we are together with you, Pastor. We are together with you. We want to see the work of God go forward. And the work of God spread mightily. A Catholic priest with his master's degree in mathematics and physics is now today preparing for baptism. He'll be baptized within the next two weeks. An Anglican priest and his wife were baptized last Sabbath. Four Catholic nuns who watched our program in their convent came to the Adventist pastor last Saturday night and they said, we are stepping out for Christ. We want you to baptize us, pastor, because we believe the Adventist message and we want to get ready for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Three Muslim young men came to the pastor and said, pastor, we want to step out and use our witness and our voice for Christ throughout that country. We saw the mighty power of God came down because God's power is supreme. He will vanquish the powers of evil and Jesus will be triumphant. Would you like to say Jesus today? My great goal is one thing and that is to seek your power from above. Your power from above in my own life Lord Jesus, I want you to be the king of my life. I want you to sit on the throne of my life. I don't want one thing in my life that separates me from you. It's just not worth it. Lord Jesus, cleanse my heart. Send your power from above. 
Lord Jesus, I never want to blend one worldly attitude, worldly method in your work. And Lord, when you point out something in my life, you've got it. It's yours. Is that your desire today? Raise your hand if it is and we'll pray. Oh, my Father, the power of the living God is real. The controversy is real between good and evil, between Christ and Satan. But the power of the living God is greater than the power of Satan. We listen to the echo of Paul to the Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against wickedness and the powers of evil in dark places. We listen to the echo of Paul, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We thank you that on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ triumphed over the principalities and powers of hell. We thank you that the devil is a defeated foe, that Jesus is triumphant. Teach us, Father, to live in that victory, to claim that victory, and to walk through life with the assurance that we're in the hands of Christ. Lord, in this church, through this congregation, may the word of God Grow mightily, and may we see many boys and girls in this neighborhood, in these surrounding communities in northern Virginia, come to Christ, and may the battle be won in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Fenley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy. 888-244-HOPE That's 888-244-4673 The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.